to sell or not to sell NVIDIA? That is not the question. The question is, if you sell NVIDIA, where the hell are you going to put your money? We're going to discuss that on today's show. Good earnings, some bad earnings. The battle for 5,100 in the S&P continues. IWM still sleeping. Rocky Horner, 835. This is Friday. It's pre-market prep. Welcome to Benzinga's pre-market prep. This is a volatile puppy here. It's all about execution styles and strategies. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're just slightly in the green here, a little over a handle, just under 5,100. The buck down 15 cents, 103.73. Bonds up a couple ticks, just over 118. Uh, crude in the red, buck 29.77.29. Gold in the green, 660. Silver flat uh, at 2279. And Bitcoin taking a little breather. That's down almost 1100 bucks at 51630 Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, I have a non-market-related question for you. Is that allowed? It's allowed. Okay. What is it? Do we actually need AB back on Tuesday? I don't know, man. This Ryan Faluna guy, he's pretty solid. Yeah, he's solid. he is. Let's bring him in here. Let's bring him in here. We love AB. We love you, AB. We love Ryan as well, though. And again... I feel like, you know, it's funny, Ryan's second show here, but he's done the other show so long. He's so seasoned. He's been with Benzinga so long that he just feels natural here. So we love having you on here, Ryan. You're on Ryan Faluna. We got him for one more day here, folks, anyways. But remember, you can always watch the next show and live trading, and you get Ryan more of Ryan Faluna every day. So, Ryan, what's going on? Not much, man. Appreciate that. My ears were burning a little bit, but you guys brought me on there, so that makes <laughs> sense. Don't forget, I am going to be back for Monday. We'll keep the seat warm for AB. Though. Oh, you no are? Problem. Yeah, yeah, he's still gone Monday too. Man, yeah, everybody yes. gets vacations except me. Well, see, why don't I get any vacations? Dennis, the trick to vacations is to take them and then once they get approved, extend them. That's how you make them longer. <laughs> yeah, how do you think that's an AB trick? Yeah, because he like I put on my calendar, you know how organized <laughs> I am. Like I like to know, I like to know, and then oh yeah, I'm out Thursday and Friday, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm out Monday too. And I'm like, wait a second, I looked at my calendar, but that is neither here nor there, Dennis. Eight we have other housekeeping things here too. Let's do all the housekeeping right housekeeping. off the bat. So we've got to say congratulations to Money Mitch. He tweeted out he's a father of twins this morning here. So congratulations, Money Mitch. We love you, man. Um, whatever your next endeavor is, we still love you. So Money Mitch, congrats, buddy. Yeah, Money yep. Mitch, uh, as I told Dennis, uh, when he had his kid, his first kid, not two of them, I said, your life has changed forever. And that's the truth. And Do you uh, know what else you said to me? What? You said, parenting will make stock trading seem easy. And I'm <laughs> like, that is the most truth I've ever heard because... <laughs> Parenting is the most difficult job that there is. <laughs> Obviously, you know, trading can be challenging at times. Kids, man, they can be challenging a lot of times as well. But it's the best thing too, Mitch. You know, it's the best and it's the hardest. I'll say that. Parenting, tough, but it's awesome. All at the same time. So Stop. enjoy money, Mitch. We love you, man. Yeah, stocks don't talk back. That's uh, that's one thing. You can one lose more <laughs> housekeeping item. It's all the housekeeping again. It's my father's seventy third birthday here today happy birthday dad 
73. All right. All right. Happy birthday, Dennis's dad. But I am also going to congratulate Mitch. Mitch, it was a pleasure working with you. Congrats on aging and getting more mature overnight with the birth of your beautiful daughter. So uh, congratulations. Best of luck to everything for you. It was a pleasure working with you. I think he had two boys, though, didn't he? Ah, was it boys? Yeah. Yeah. Is it twin boys? You're two beautiful children. I I think it's twin boys. Okay. Okay, Dennis, 80250, you have to sell your NVIDIA right now. The 800 hat. Oh, man, it didn't come in. I ordered it, but it didn't come in in time. It's going up too fast. So I got to pre-order the 900 hat, so it'll be here by Monday. <laughs> yeah, you know. better you better make sure that's here by Monday, because we might be looking at 900. <laughs> it, it is incredible. I mean, this is the stock of all stocks. And I had multiple people tweeting at me yesterday. I had a text. When are you selling your NVIDIA? When are you selling? Because there's other people who are in this too. And I'm like, okay, here's the question. Joel, you know, kind of said it in the intro here. Let's say I sell my NVIDIA. What am I putting in it? Because I still believe in the AI trade. I still believe that AI is in the early innings. So if I sell NVIDIA, I want to go into another AI trade. But what AI trade is better than NVIDIA? AMD, well, I'm in that too. So I don't know. That's the question to you guys. I sell the NVIDIA, sure. Maybe it's a bubble, but you know what I'm seeing is an earnings gap and go here. I'm also mm-hmm. seeing a valuation that's not insane. So I think, I've said it before, NVIDIA could potentially be a $1,000 stock, but we're only 198 points away from it. I don't know if that's coming this year. I don't know if that's coming next week. I don't have the perfect crystal ball here, but I think the story is in the early innings. And that's why I'm still holding on. So I haven't seen a reason to sell yet. You know, give me a reason to sell besides saying valuation because that's not a reason. And maybe I'll get interested. <laughs> but I don't know where I'm going. And Ryan, there's so many underperformers in this market here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this market has had, you know, a good tech run here. And S&P is making new highs. But IWM, not oh. participating. Oh. Just hanging out yesterday, not really participating. Down names. Big names, you know, really just hanging out, not doing a hell of a lot. Some names participating. The banks perked up. They kind of look perky a little bit here. But, I mean, overall, nothing has participated in this market like NVIDIA here. So, I don't know. Where do I go with the money? Because I want to stay invested. I want to stay in the AI trade. That's what keeps me in NVIDIA, I think. I got something for you if you want to hear it. I got an idea for you. Yes, please. What, what, What about IBM? IBM is OG AI. We've got a floating island on the daily chart right now. It's really traded sideways. It hasn't had the big run yet. We're above the moving averages. Why not IBM? Gold school, Dennis. Well, and I could get talked into IBM with some of that cash that I had on the sidelines there, but I don't know if I want to trade NVIDIA for IBM because IBM is obviously going to benefit from the AI services. I mean, IBM is going to benefit from, you know, obviously consulting in all different ways. I do believe IBM is an AI play. And I talked about this being an AI play way back when the stock was $125. It's run quite a ways here now, though. And the value is here. I mean, but the dividend was 5.5% when I was talking about it, 125. I sold at 145. I sold way too soon. Again, so that's why I'm trying to learn from myself here, not selling these things too soon. I don't remember why I sold the IBM. I got spooked on the overall market is what I think it was. But it was, it was a decent trade. Just It's just kept running, and things have just kept running. I could get talked back into it. I'd love it to come back down a little bit. I don't know if that's going to happen. The valuation, like you said, Ryan, is fairly attractive. Mm-hmm. You do get a 3.61% dividend while you wait. 
But I don't feel like IBM is NVIDIA. I don't feel like they're moving the needle for AI. I think they're going to benefit from AI, but I don't think they're in the pole position like NVIDIA. So it's hard to trade <laughs> NVIDIA for IBM. If you're holding on to something, you're holding on to NVIDIA. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can look at. Like if you're holding a weekly call, that's one thing. You know, you could, oh, you know, you have the time. You could always roll out of it, right? You could sell that, take the proceeds, and then go out another couple of weeks. Um, if you're longer term, you know, there's always, you know, monthlies and some other things you could sell against it if you're just looking for a little momentum stall. Uh, but right now, you got to at least wait for some consolidation. Like, it's a gap and go now. You have one day. You know, maybe if you get two, three lows in the same area, two, three highs in the same area, maybe a little pause and it breaks out the lower end of the range, maybe play it that way. But, man, another way is just moving your stop up to that gap area and saying, you know, come and get me. Uh, let's just quick do SMCI. That's trading in the red today a little bit. Down yeah. 25 bucks. Boy, did that catch a bid yesterday. It caught a bit this morning, too, because this thing was getting hit. And people were blaming the offering for why it's getting hit here today. But we know the offering information was there two days ago. So, you know, it came out during the NVIDIA conference call. You know, and it got whacked 30 bucks, and they bought it right back. And everybody just forgot about it. Well, they repriced it last night. And everybody's, oh, my gosh, there's an SMCI offering. Well, we know that SMCI offering. So the stock got hit this morning. And if you let's show that pre-market chart, Joel, again, maybe you yep. can blow up the pre-market chart just right to here. show the pre-market action here. Um, Pre because I don't that's see 30 it. In it. That's the 30. Oh, I'll go to, you want the uh, 15 or the 30? Well, I, I just wanted to see the pre-market. I'm seeing like $700 on there, and that didn't happen in the pre-market. So how low did we get here? Blow up the pre-market a little bit more. Go go closer, because that's okay. showing yesterday's action. We've already rallied 250 points on that $700 There's a five-minute. This is uh, uh, okay. So, how low did we get here when 903. I was sleeping? We got down to five oh nine nine oh three nine oh three. So we've already rallied fifty bucks off the lows here. I mean, the oh. buy the dip is just out here in the stock. It's unbelievable the move that it had yesterday. It was up over twice as much as Nvidia, and it didn't say a thing except doing an offering, a convertible offering, which isn't as bad as like you were saying, not as bad as doing a regular offering where it's fully dilutive right away. This is you know if the stock goes up higher, it can be dilutive. But, I mean, wow, that move up 200 bucks on NVIDIA's earnings, that's incredible. This one's a little bit easier, uh, you know, as far as to identify resistance, because you hit uh, 1,003 yesterday, 54 cents, uh, but you got to close. Now you're below the close, right? So your mark, after being down, you know, over, you know, 70 bucks, now that 975.52, that to me, that that's at least a two-star resistance level. That mm -hmm. is the second highest close that SMCI ever had. So that, that's a little bit more identifiable than uh, than the NVIDIA. Talk the other AI stock that I put in my portfolio yesterday because people have been asking, you know, what's your next play here? Christian Palmhertz pick VRT. I, told, I talked to everybody on the closing print saying that I had bought this stock. Um, and I did. I bought it just near yesterday. I, I had been looking at it for a while, thinking about it. It was reporting earnings. It got whacked on the earnings. And then it's bounced back here. So, I mean, I would have loved to have gotten in a $48 on that earnings print, but it was down there for a split second. 55 is the low that it actually got to in the regular session. And they came in and bought it right back. This does the cooling for the data centers. Christian Fromm has brought this to us a week and a half ago. I've been looking at it, you know, and, and, and Kramer has been talking about this stock here too. So it's a Kramer pick as well. And you know what, Jim Kramer has been pretty hot lately, actually. You know, and people always give him the hate. We give him some hate sometimes too, but I'll give him some love. 
uh, credit where credit is due. You know, he's been all over the NVIDIA, but he's been over all over other things too. He's actually been doing pretty well lately with, with his calls. So that Kramer off um, Spade fund isn't working as well. VRT though, 6290. It's up just a little bit here in the pre-market. I just think like if AI is going to continue, I think it's going to start lifting all boats here. I think, you know, this is in the right place as well. Valuation's not crazy. So I took a swing here at the BRT. 65, huge level, all-time closing high, 64.97. And then you got three highs between 65 even and 65.56. Chat saying, uh, Tim Quas mentioned this six months ago too. Tim, I'm not surprised. Tim Quas is an excellent trader. Obviously, he's been coming on our show for a very long time. So Tim, I'll give you a shout out on this too. Um, you've given us so many good picks. I didn't realize that you did pick the VRT too, but good call, buddy. All right. Um, VRT, this one is interesting. Joel, I'm with you. I think that's yeah, I think that's 6556 right there. I think that's the big level to watch here. I think you're gonna have a breakout if you're able to pop above that, especially if we do that on volume. This one wasn't on my radar. I appreciate you guys bringing this one. I've added this to my AI watch list. I mean, it's an AI stock here now. It's thrown in there, even though obviously they have lots of business, but cooling data centers, that sounds AI-ish to me. So um, the other stock that I picked was a Citron pick. Andrew laughed. Um, I put this, and I think I talked about this yesterday or the day before. I know I've tweeted Yesterday on the closing print. And on the closing print, print I did as well. I, I took a, a starting position in Baidu, B-I-D-U. Um, not even a starting position. I took a full-size position in BIDU. Took it about a week ago. Um, Andrew left. Citron had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago and as an AI play. And I, they have an AI product over there. So I think Baidu is an AI play. I've been concerned about staying away from China. But you know what? I'm saying, you know, on the closing print, I don't think there's an imminent invasion here. I'm not worried about them invading tomorrow. I don't think it's coming anytime soon if it comes, you know, at all. So I think you're at a point where these valuations on some of these stocks are just so cheap. Um, somebody said, why didn't you pick Baba? Well, you know what? I think Baidu is notorious for really being oh, yeah. on the hot, like, you know, bandwagon. You know, back in the day, they came out with blockchain product. And then they come out with something else. Baidu is probably going to come with a press release on something else on AI at some point in time. I just could see them doing that. So where Baba's, you know, just doing their thing. Baidu always seems to try to be right on, you know, where whatever's hot and what's hotter than AI. So I kind of like the Baidu setup. It's consolidated here for a bit. Even a little cup and handily, not that I'm a big chart pattern here. I mean, I think we got room to 120 here. I don't know after that. Um, I'm not sure this is going to be a long, long-term investment here, but I kind of like the stock and I kind of like the setup. And, you know, Citron's been pretty good with their long calls here. So kind of like that too, uh, Dennis. How about some earnings? research. Yeah, how about some earnings? I know yesterday you talked about Royal Caribbean. Uh, we had booking report. Do you draw any parallels between those two Ooh. earnings reports? Well, I think what happened here, and um, can we get the numbers? Let's get the booking numbers, and we'll cover this in detail here. I can grab them if they're not in front of you, Ryan. Right oh, I'm grabbing them right now. I got you. Okay. The wow, they make so much money. So, so I've got it in front of me here already. Thirty okay, thirty-two dollars a share versus twenty-nine eighty-six. So, I mean, again, it's a three thousand dollars yep. So, you know, you got to like dock zeros off to make any sense of it. Almost, it seems like we're talking three thousand dollars stocks. But uh, four point seven eight billion versus four point seven one billion. So, beat on the top, beat on the bottom. They initiated a quarterly dividend. So they had, you know, I don't even know if they had a dividend before. I don't think so. Did Booking have a dividend before? No, initiate. Um, I'm pretty sure this is new. So $8.75 quarterly dividend. So so initiate for the first time a quarterly (laughs) dividend as well. A lot of good things like you would think, you know, that, you know, this is, you know, going to go, you know, um, higher. 
Um, trying to find, you know, the reason for the sell-off here is, you know, sometimes it's a bar. Booking had run straight up into the report. Yeah. I think it was yeah. up significantly on the RCL news. RCL the previous day had raised guidance. Obviously, if you're booking cruises, you might be doing it through booking. So I think a lot of investors were expecting booking to blow it away. It ran over 100 points ahead of the report. So the bar set a little bit high here, too. Um, they also said they got a fine of $530 million. That's kind of a drop in the bucket. So I'm not sure that's the reason for the sell-off. I think it's just a bar thing. The bar was set pretty high, and especially from RCL the day before, running 100 points into it. I think that's why we're selling off here. Yeah, street, yeah, street leaning the wrong way into the report, uh, making a new all-time high, new all-time closing high yesterday. Uh, getting you know just caught up in uh, the spoo buying mania. Uh, pre-market low, I is not exact. Well, it, you got I got a good number, and I'm going to give you a range here. And I usually don't with this stock because it's so wild. But look at your dailies here. Going back, it's 100 bucks away. You got close to 3500 but you have four lows in the same area. Make that five lows in the same area at 3480 Doesn't look like you're going to get there today. So that's a zone over the next couple of days is uh, uh, 3480 3500 to get back. In order to fill the gap, you got a long way to go, a couple hundred bucks. But that, that's a good, uh, good support level for a high price. No split. They don't split, right? They don't want to split. That, that would be the thing that would get this thing going. But no can you know, do. I, I noticed here booking is actually sitting right on its 50 day. I've got a price here of 3580. The 50 days at 3566. So I agree with you, Joel. I think that is a pretty good uh, support level. Why do you think they don't split? Because it's I don't know. Because they they don't. It's want not to the cool retail. thing to do anymore. There's so many stocks. Some some split, but a lot of them just like the cool big price. I mean, Warren said he would never split his stock for the simple reason, although he did split the B shares eventually. So, or, or the, yeah, so, you know, obviously he did split the B shares, but he said he would never split the sh shares because it's just costly. But the A shares, he's never split, but the B did. I mean, I think it's just cool to have the big stock price sometimes. But then, you know, Amazon did do the split. And Apple yep. has done splits lots of times here. So maybe they're all giving in. People are speculating that NVIDIA is going to split. And, you know, the run up here could be something. I mean, not to always bring it back to NVIDIA here, but you're talking splits. I mean, SMCI, could that announce a split too? Keep the party going there too. That's possible. They seem to, you know, like to keep their stock price moving here. So, I mean, splits, there could be some split announcements here on some of these runners. And that usually pops the stocks even more. Speaking of splits, we're going to get a Walmart split on Monday, yeah. three for one. Wow. So it will trade X split. So today is last day, and then it will trade X split on Monday. And so splits coming. Yeah, splits are. What about Square? We also had earnings from Square that popped here. We actually popping up into a resistance area. What do you guys think about Square? Yeah, let's give the earnings here. Ooh. So we talked on the closing print about this, and I said if it popped in it, and and I was given scenario analysis. Really, I said if it popped, eighty dollars was probably going to be my target. That's <laughs> what's happened here. It's almost went to that eighty dollar. I'm not sure if it kissed it or not, but it's seventy eight fifty here right now. The earnings here were pretty good. Um, looking just at the earnings, it looks like a miss 45 cents though, actually versus 59, but I think there's some adjustments in here. So I don't know what the adjusted number, if we have it there. Um, and, and the sales here were, I'm just trying to grab those numbers there too. 5.77 billion versus 5.7 billion. So it does look like a miss on the bottom line, but I think there's an adjustment in there. So I'm not sure that number is accurate. Um, the gross profit was up 17% year over year. So numbers were fine. 
Um, the stock initially sold off, and then they just it did. Higher. Yes, it, it did, did. Joel. Look at the chart. Oh, it did. It I'm going to go to the five off. minute. I'm going to go to the five. Wow. Yeah, yeah but it. Oh, wow! It got to the. It sold what off was, a couple bucks. Yeah, sixty three fifty was your aftermarket low there on that. Wow, it off over four dollars again. And those buy the dip. You know, traders are just emerging mm. in anything that's really techy. Square is still techy here, so buy the dip comes out to play. Square, nice pop here, but you're opening into resistance, so that makes it a little bit tougher. Yeah, we uh we covered this one pretty extensively on the closing print, and it was just flat out. You know, you had no business being short that stock over seventy, and I don't know if the you know it probably went so fast here after it had the dip. Uh, you had to, I mean, right there, but look at that, seventy to like seventy eight. This is a five minute bar and i probably could break it down farther so long could nice move up your retreat consolidation 65 70 65 70 65 70 you busted out you guys mentioned that 80 dollar level did we kiss it in the pre-market 79 76 stands as your pre-market high i mean daily high right there 79 77 a couple highs over 80 uh the next and let's see, keep an eye on 80, but man, the way these markets, you know, run, I mean, we could give you that as a potential resistance point, but you have a lot, you have more than one data point there at the $80 level. Uh, PayPal, I looked at that initially. I'm like, oh, come on. PayPal's participating oh. of 42 cents. They, well, I'll tell they, you why. Again, yes. we've said this on the show. They're PayPal's already reported. Already reported. So, and just to repeat, because it's important, these things, you know, we do repeat ourselves on the show because we're an education show and we want to repeat stuff that, you know, is important. When a company has already reported, the sympathy move will be muted because we already know the earnings. CrowdStrike can have a big move off of Palo Alto Networks because it hadn't reported yet. So we don't know those earnings. But because PayPal's already reported, there's no surprises. It's not like, oh, well, PayPal's going to be too. Oh, no, PayPal already reported and already disappointed. And to a certain extent, PayPal may have actually set the bar a little bit lower for Square as well. If you're going to disappoint, you always want to be the second one to report. If you're if you're going to beat, you know, then that's a different story because then it sets the bar. So if you're going to really blow it away, you want to be the first report. You want to really, you know, disappoint. You want to be the second report. And it matters. Well, and, and so that kind of reminds me of Pan W, right? So we already had Pan W report. We already had a really big move down. Um, well, I don't think that this is really going to react when we get some of these other reports here. What do you think about Pan W in terms of well, a, a spot? Well, I would put it on my shopping list. Valuation is still very extreme on all the cybersecurity stocks. Uh, Kramer's already said this is best of breed. I wonder if CrowdStrike isn't you know dethroning it to a certain extent, though. Um Again, we talked about this on the day that it reported and was down, you know, whatever it was, 80 points or 100 points. Barriers to entry here are not high as well. And this is my concern is there's a lot of cybersecurity stocks and the valuation is, you know, quite high. I believe it was trading 40 or 45 times earnings. I could go get that exact number from the pro, but it's high. And just the barriers to entry, like you think of the barriers to entry for NVIDIA. I mean, it's going to take years for companies to catch up to NVIDIA. You know, AMD's trying, but they're way behind. So, I mean, in, in cybersecurity, there's five, six, seven stocks already. So that's where I'm concerned is that the barriers to entry just aren't super high here, which means competition could eventually come for them, which means that valuation could contract significantly if that does happen. PE, 4P on this is 50. 
on on Palo Alto Networks. Again, because they actually lowered the guide. So you got a P's of 50, and then you lower the guide, this happens. So I'm going to let the dust settle a little bit here. If it, you know, it can start to sh- climb up, maybe it, it goes on your shopping list. But as of right now, I think there's better places for your money. So for me, this is actually already on my shopping list. We've got okay, two good. closes right above the 200-day. If we get another close here above the 200-day, I think maybe that bottoming out process is done. Then you can actually trade that against a level right beneath the 200-day. So I actually like the setup here at, uh, in PanW. When I started watching cybersecurity stocks, when I started doing this, PanW is the only one that seemed to perform over and over and over again. So frankly, I feel pretty good about having an opportunity to buy it at a discount. Uh, for me, the setup, um, I don't, you know, I don't want to be short this thing over the pair of highs here. It, uh, let's just call it yesterday's high, 276.81. I think as long as you're under that, that level, the path the least resistance is, you know, is lower. But man, if it if it you if you're short this thing and you're looking for like you know 240, which is a possibility, if it starts to get in that gap area, I mean, where's it gonna go? I mean, you know, is it gonna go right back to 360? No. But when you have these kind of setups, when you have these kind of falls, there's very short-term <clears throat> traders, day, two day, three day, five day, they're in there buying the dip, right? And they'll have a target, you know, maybe they bought all they could at like, you know, 261, 262, 263. They're just looking to scalp out of it at mm-hmm. what, 276, 277. It, they could care less about the people that bought that thing and got caught at 360. So keep an eye, keep an eye on the high. If you know, if you're short, it starts to get into that gap area. Just uh, beware. All right. And then we also had Rocket Report earnings. You guys want to talk about Rocket? Rocket Report. Of course we EP- got it. From the Motor City. Exactly. Uh, reported EPS of zero. That beat the four-cent loss estimate that we had. Adjusted sales, $885 million, beat the 600, excuse me, $769 million estimate. What do you guys think on Rocket here? I think it's a TLT trade. Okay. So, I mean, if you bring up TLT and look at the chart of TLT and bring up Rocket, they look the same. You know, we had the big pop back in yep. December when TLT was popping over 100. And now we've leaked and leaked and leaked. And what Rocket really needs is lower rates. Yep. And if TLT can sustain a rally, they're going to be interested in a lot of, you know, stocks like Rocket, IWM, even some of the regional banks, you know, even the XBI more to a certain extent, although the XBI has been bucking the trend here for a while now. Um, I think this is a rate play. So I think you're keeping an eye on TLT. And you're not probably buying a lot of these stocks until the TLT sustains the rally. A couple technical levels here. Very easy. One, you got some confluence with uh, a pair of highs uh, at uh, in the 12 handle here. 12.29 was a high. And then also you had a high just over 12 bucks at 12.24. Didn't quite sneak there yet. So that's a big level to get through. This is a big move for Rocket, too, up 60 cents. The more important thing for Rocket and Dennis, uh, you know, put the queue up there with, the, you know, the TLT rates, you know, not going down. Now Goldman Sachs is changing their mind. But very important for this thing to get back to 13 bucks. Get back half of that move. Have a sustained bid. And doesn't look like it's going to get there today. So until you can get back half of this move here, Path the least resistance still happens to be lower in rocket. 
Yeah. And speaking Rock, of rockets, go I've got a segue before we go here. I want to talk intuitive machines and lunar because we're talking about <laughs> rockets landing on the moon. Um, this was a story. We talked about it briefly on the show a couple of times, I believe. Um, the stock uh, was a SPAC. They successfully landed their lander or whatever it is on the moon yesterday. It was last night um, after the close. I believe, you know, the stock was trading around seven. They had some issues, Joel, where they weren't getting <laughs> communication. So it was some dicey moments. So the stock actually traded down, if you look last night, to how low did we get here? How we low did we get? 750, 750. Got down to $7.50 last night. I got shoved like, yeah, like, and, and then they And then they said, we have communications. We have successfully landed on the moon. And the stock blasted off. Lots of puns in here. Stock blasted <laughs> off. 750, 850, 950. Consolidated it for a little bit. Then 10, 50, 11, 50, 12, 13, $14. We got to own it there on the moon. <laughs> and now it's come back off. So one thing I will say is these tend to be more topping events than they are bottoming events. So I don't know. Maybe this is the start of good things. And maybe Intuitive Machines is going to be the next SpaceX you know, although they used a SpaceX rocket to get there. Um, but I think, you know, I'm probably not chasing this here today. It was a cool story. I'm glad they landed. I hope the best for the company. But stock just went from, you know, $4 to $14. i am not chasing. Yeah, I can see that as he's like, buy, buy, buy? No, sell. No, buy. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, I'm going to go change. Oh, no, they landed. I should have bought. No, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, you are way off the high. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll call minor support the top of yesterday's range at ten twenty eight, and then you're just absolutely in no man's land. Up, you got over fourteen bucks, but if you're looking for something ahead of that, thirteen and a quarter has been the recent high of the move. That's still almost a buck and a half away. And speaking of being in no man's land, I mean, I'm looking at the pre-market here. This thing can barely get above its VWAP. Sorry, Dennis, don't mean to make you cringe there, but this thing can barely get above its VWAP. I think this might only be a trade today uh, if you're a gunslinger, but I'm with you. I'm not in the habit of buying stocks up several hundred percent after a big move like that. Yeah, you know? and we saw what happened with space. So we have precedence here. Space, you know, when they had their first mission and it, you know, they got up to space and nobody died and you know, everything was good. The stock went to $60 that day, and that was the very high, and it never – actually, it was after that. It was like $57 that day. That was the very high, and the stock has only leaked ever since. Now, I'm not saying this is space. Not, I'm good just saying space. on these events-driven trades, usually once the event is past us, there's like buyer exhaustion. Like who's coming in? for the next wave because there's nothing to be excited about anymore. The event is now past us. So usually it's, you know, buy ahead of the event, sell on the event. That's already happened here. So I'd be cautious chasing this name. I could be wrong, you know, and like maybe this is going to lead to bigger things. But, you know, I just go with, you know, what I've seen in the past and usually these stocks tend to top on the days of these events yeah i'm with you well okay let's change gears let's go from the moon landing all the way back down to where the rubber meets the road let's talk about carvana they also reported earnings uh carvana reported gap eps loss of a dollar that missed the 95 cent estimate and sales at 2.42 billion that actually slightly missed the estimate of 2.53 billion mm. wow what a move here um 
it's got the short interest here. Does this start the short squeeze trade again? I looked at GME and I actually took a position on it, but it isn't really doing much. Um, AMC is down, so it doesn't look like this is going to kick off the short squeeze trade. Um, Carvana, CVNA, up significantly because it does have that high short interest. This report, I, I guess, is pretty good because you got multiple analysts upgrading it too. I didn't dig in. It's not as much. It's not a stock I really follow closely here, mm. but you can't argue with the move. Stock up 27%. It's impressive. This is a tough call. I'll just give you a, you've had a couple spikes. If you're looking for uh, potential exit points, first spike 7150. And then you came in with a much lower high at 71. So uh, doing the math there, maybe 69.50 if you get a pop. That's still three bucks away. A lot of people that uh, you know took a shot on the you know the 50, the 51, all, all those different calls. They're probably pay dirt here. This is probably also over the expected move. Now that doesn't mean that it's not going to keep going, but uh, a lot of times when you look at the expected move, it, it will come into that area. Uh, S&P sneaking up to the highs of the session. Yep. And real quickly here on Carvana, one more thing to keep in mind about this move here, still high short interest on this stock. As of uh, February 9th, 43% of its float shorted, 6.26 days to cover. So definitely a little bit of squeezy action in there for Carvana. Okay. It's guest time. You folks ready? Let's bring her on. Rocky Horner, manager of uh, the Futures Division over there at Simpler Trading. Rocky, man, you better be ready to talk fast, have a lot of information, because we are on a roll today. How are you? I am excellent. I am also the head underwater basket weaver at Simpler Trading. So please, I'm very proud of that title as well. Underwater basket weaving? Now, where where did you get that term? Because How is that, 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 that a sport? That that is that is what we used to say, like that we majored in in, in college. I, I'm aging myself right here. I'm dating myself Under right here. Proud of it. Yeah, but uh, anyways, what do you think about this market, Rocky? I can remember when we had you on back in September, October. You said, "I'm being patient. I have my shopping list. I'm waiting for my moving averages." Holy mackerel, did you ever see this kind of rally coming? We've been, you know, every time I talk about whatever, you know, we're looking at, we find different sectors that are outperforming, but I've been a bull since April of last year, even with the Federal Reserve hiking rates, the trends have been up. We've been trading on the daily time frame above the 200, which is the bullish hemisphere. And then late Q3, early Q4, the financials started kicking in. And joining tech, we have NASDAQ at all-time highs. This, for those traders who don't know, and I know all three of you remember, this is what a dovish pivot feels like. And to be a bear in front of lower rates, I don't care if they don't cut till June. We've got a dovish pivot coming, and uh, I don't hate my money. I want to stay long, and I'm going to keep buying those dips. Are you staying long tech? Are you looking at IWM catch-up trade? Where are you staying long? So there's actually four places this week specifically I focused on in an effort to, I know this sounds crazy, but trade around NVIDIA. So whatever NVIDIA is going to do, the rally into earnings was the same, let me sleep at night, I don't need any more gray hairs trade. Let the chaos ensue. NVIDIA basically 
you know, punch those traders in the mouth who are waiting for some sort of seasonal February, April debacle. Uh, this is where seasonals are tricky because we've got that election cycle. We've got the dovish pivot. So stay long. But XLP staples, XLI industrials led for sure by GE. Who knew GE was going to be this sexy in 2024? <laughs> was not on my bingo card this, this year. And then we've got uh, XLP, XLI, XLF. We've been sticking with long things like American Express, JP Morgan, the XLF ETF itself. And uh, in terms of one tech sector that's still, you know, not semis, but XLC, kind of keep an eye on Meta and Google, Disney. Disney's got all sorts of swagger. So I'm not looking at the normal stuff because everyone's looking at that. They're punching up to higher highs and I don't want to be buying at a higher high. But, you know, can we can we still find strength in things other than tech? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rocky, everyone's always trying to pick tops. A lot mm. of people love and everything. Mm. And, you know, me too. I mean, I even said, you know, yesterday, S&Ps or, you know, NVIDIA, is this a top or whatever? Um, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. People ask about, you know, option trades and stuff. But, you know, we know you're pretty good at technicals here. If, you, you know, it's something like NVIDIA. Like if you have a target, I always tell people, if you have a target right now at 803.73 or 803.64, then take your target. But alternative to targets and Dennis and I, I talked to him about putting stops in. He hates putting stops in because he knows he's getting taken out on a downtick. How, how would you approach a stock like NVIDIA if you, you know, if you just like you were planning on selling it like 600 and you've been holding on? My okay, so I'm going to come from a comp I, I appreciate everything you're saying. So, a I will not pick a top in an uptrend, right? Okay. I've done that stuff on and off for the past 30 years. Again, I don't hate my money, I don't know where the top <laughs> is. So, every morning I sit down and say, Rog, I've got a mouse and a keyboard in front of me, but no crystal ball. Anything that masks a raid around as a setup that is solely a target, I can't manage risk, right? I would never buy something and risk more than 3% of my account. So if I can take a, a, a swing at something that I go, okay, Rob, like for example, when NVIDIA came out, we had a 10% pullback on earnings. It was sitting at a volatility support level with little volume. And I thought, Rob, what if I go ahead and buy an out of the money call at the recent high in NVIDIA from it pulled back from? I just thought about that. It would have been a great trade, but I couldn't manage the risk because the size that I would typically trade, if that option dropped 50%, which is not out of the question if we had gapped down instead of gapped up, it's unallowable amounts of risk. So my job has always been to not ever have to look my family in the eye and say, I blew it. I blew up the account. <laughs> so everything I do maps to that. That being said, I don't know where the tops are. I'll wait for a dip. And if something doesn't dip, not my pitch. And I think that's 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 why and I think advice. all of us, right? We all have things that say, I can't do this because I don't hate my money. And that list of rules is different for all of us, but I can't pick tops. If, if NVIDIA is going to keep going, it would have had to have been something that I did in a longer term time frame where this kind of volatility is just absorbed, like, like a weekly. So I try to find the time frames that will allow me to make those kind of calls. Would you chase NVIDIA? I'm not even allowed. I'm not a Jack Russell. Not right even allowed to be in here. I know you wouldn't either, right? <laughs> no, we no, don't I don't like money. 
So, so you're just out. So NVIDIA you're using as indicators maybe, but you're not trading it at all. There'll be another chance to get into NVIDIA. There will absolutely be another chance to get it. Now, you know, and, and this is where if I look at NVIDIA on mine, I'm going to pull it up on my screen, uh, on my on my brokerage account. I'll give you a good idea. The last time I bought NVIDIA was on a pullback on the weekly time frame back in October of last year. That is not about this earnings play. You might say, oh my gosh, Rob, what a great entry. That is just a... You know, and everyone pull it up weekly time frame. Look back five years, put a 200 exponential on the chart. As long as we're above it, I'm going to look for a mean reversion. I put a 34 period exponential moving average on there. And if I can get near that level, that's a mean reversion. And I'll just look to do that. But th those are things that I'm going to hold minimum six months and hopefully for forever, you know, or for as long as that particular investment account can remain untouched. Now, if it's in a college account, someday I'm going to need it. If it's a down payment, someday I'm going to need it, that kind of thing. But I just leave these things alone longer term. I know that doesn't answer the question, but that's no, all I can no, do. I love it. <laughs> no, perfect. I love that response. Raggy, I have a question for you. You were talking about dips and buying things on support and all that. What do you think about cybersecurity? One of the stocks that we had just talked about before you came on here was PanW. I'm actually looking to play that to the long as we're sitting on a support level. What do you think about maybe a PanW trade and then cybersecurity as a whole? So if I look at CIBR, if I look at PanW, um, again, so now if you and I were sitting down, Ryan, and we're having some coffee or whatever it is, maybe an Indian chai that my mom made us, First thing that you and I would talk about is time frame, right? Because I think most disagreements in the market are based on one person at a five minute, another look at an hour and another looking at a monthly, mm -hmm. right? So if you and I agreed that, hey, I want this six months or greater weekly time frame. Now I look at that weekly, that's a gorgeous pullback. I, I'd be silly because if any of us were looking at this in November of last year, we'd go, that's not a bad price. Yet, for whatever reason, Wall Street's the only place they throw a sale and nobody comes. So at 400 or <laughs> nearly 400, 350, we can't, you know, we can't help ourselves. But at but at 250, <laughs> we're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a piece of garbage. So that's where I'm very different. This is a sale as long as everything that I liked about the stock back at 235, like back at 250 is still true today. And I And I got to say, I hate earnings season. I hate it. Because you and I, all of us here have been trading long enough to remember when earnings season was an envelope that came in the mail that had no hoopla, no spectacle, right? No gala of earnings season. We got an envelope that said, this is the earnings per share. This is the uh, revenue. And then we went on with our lives. This stuff upends the market in a way that helps nobody. I hate earnings season. I'll tell you. So if I liked Pan W before, I'll give it maybe a week to simmer down. Give me an inside candle just to make sure there's no panic. I'd love to see some volume coming in. So I'm not alone yep. on the trade, maybe an anchored VWAP, right? And then, yeah, I want to buy this thing. What's not to like about it? Because earnings were bad. Gosh, yeah. I need a t-shirt that says I hate earnings season. <laughs> that, that'd be a pretty good one. Check, 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 by the way. I feel the same way. One of the things I was saying earlier, I want to see three closes above that 200 on the daily, but I like that inside candle as well. Oh, brilliant. I love it, Ryan. Yeah, let's wait for a pause. I don't have to be the one there first. Yep. I just want to make sure I'm not alone. I'm with you. Anything you're avoiding, Raggy? Uh, you, you gave us a lot of your setups. Is there anything that, uh, you know, it's just, you know, maybe a hype? I mean, I'm looking at uh, some of the financials. I mean, this XLF looks a heck of a lot better than the KRE. Is there anything that it's just like, you know, right now, it's just, you know, I'm staying away from? KRE, 
I, I would love to love KRE. We know what happened last March. I think KRE took the pushback from March rate cuts, which were factored in October, November, December. Those March rate cut expectations moved to May, and now they're in June. KRE hates it. However, we're above the 200. I've got to think that more the more the rate cuts come into focus, more of those target rate probabilities and the Fed fund futures start to show that June is definitely the month that they're going to act. But yeah, I'm with you. I just I can't love it, which means relatedly, I can't fall in love with the Russell either. So as much as I want to find that deal, I got it, you know, just as dangerous as top picking is 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 bottom picking. Right. And neither one mm -hmm. give a really good visual. So in the mind. Right. So in my mind, I've got to wait. I'll stick with what's outperforming. If I'm concerned about some sort of seasonal or some sort of pullback, you know, XLP has been a nice relative outperformer. Um, I don't I'm not crazy about it right now, but it does have that, a little bit of a defensive benefit. But I'll tell you, if KRE gets to 46 to 44 and I don't mind holding to about 41, there might be a decent risk reward as long as I can stay within that 3% threshold on account risk. What keeps me out of KRE too is just the risk of another regional bank coming out of the blue and saying something. There's just so many of them. And you know, the, the smack that that took in late January, it was down 15% in like the blink of an eye. And obviously, you know, it was just because, you know, the one bank and they're like, oh, is it going to be more? Is it going to be, you know, we don't know. But I mean, the risk is still there. I look at these regional banks and some of them just don't look that healthy. So I think you're like you were saying, you hit the nail on the head. They need lower rates. And maybe when we start getting into, you know, end of March and we start looking and projecting out, it's like, OK, it's coming. So now I don't want to be early here on this trade, though, because we're still February. We're talking about rate cut in June. So mm -hmm. being early is the same as being wrong. I don't want to be too early here. I agree spot on, Dennis. My comfort level would really be if the 10-year ZN futures, if the 30-year, the ZB on the daily could just get back above the 200. So that's going to show me that yields are a little bit more stable above the 200 and lower. At that point, when the 10-year and the 30-year are showing me a little bit more sideways action in that bullish hemisphere, then I can look at things like uh, ZION. I can look at things like KRE and maybe even the Russell at that point. Rocky, you mentioned the dovish pivot, which you know I think caught a lot of people by surprise, right? Because we're still fighting inflation. Then you have economists that were caught six rate cuts this year with the market at all-time highs, wherever GDP is. So now Goldman Sachs has pushed their view on rate cuts all the way out to June. Well, I'm going to go a little bit farther in that. And what if is there a possibility that Maybe we don't get any rate cuts this year. How, how do you think the market would digest that? I mean, why? Why cut rates right now? Where, where's the data? What, what would say, okay, yeah, they're right. Unemployment's at 6%. We got to cut rates. Joel, I love the common sense that you're talking with. And yet, that is <laughs> not built apply. into a Fed model. The economy of Mars, which clearly they are tracking. But guess what? Those are the guys that are, they've got their hands. You know, Jerome is not giving us his S&P target. So until that happens, I've got to look at target rate probabilities and Fed fund futures. A very young Fed chair named Jerome back in 2018. So when people say, well, Rob, can he defy expectations? He did once. 
in Q4. And I, I remember I'm the, the hair on my neck uh, is going up already. 2018 Q4, what did he do? He hiked. When target rate probability said, we need a pause. And instead he said, nah, I know better. And then remember what happened in Q1 2019, right? We saw one of the swiftest sell-offs we'd seen, you know, I mean, the pandemic clearly eclipsed that. But until then, 2019 was chaos, right? The very early part of the quarter because Jerome Powell decided, nope, I know better. He's not, I don't think he's going to do that again. He knows these target rate. When he looks at his Bloomberg terminal and whatever else is in the hallowed halls of the Federal Reserve, he knows where those target rate probabilities are and he's not going to defy them again. So he can see in March, 97.5% Fed fund futures say, nope, Jerome, you're clear to hold. He knows that when he looks at May, 80%, nope, Jerome, you can hold. But come June, if you don't cut, because we're already expecting over 67% expectation that we're going to be lower, the market's going to punch you in the mouth. And he knows it because he's already done it once. We've been on the line with Raggy Horner. She's the managing director of Futures Trader over at Simpler Trading. She is a bona fide underwater basket weaver and a pretty good <laughs> comedian. I would say, Raggy, uh, great. We love your love your sayings, love your comments on the market. You're welcome back here again real soon. Thanks again, Raggy. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Ryan Dennis. Thanks, Joel. You guys take care. Take care, Raggy. Okay. All right, that's a piece. Keep bumping up. I only got one number for you. That was yesterday's high at 5107.75. We took 5108, but man, it's just not backing up. Triple D, what are you seeing out there in balances? Anything? Uh, by the dip emerging here once again. I mean, we dipped overnight and they just can't lay off. They've got to own stocks. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's chasing. Everybody's probably doing what they shouldn't do, but. NVIDIA over 800 is the talk of the town. I mean, Square is up here, up 16%. I'm just looking at the huge movers here. We've obviously already covered it. We got DKNG getting another upgrade here. Does that kickstart it? Because DKNG has been this little consolidation period for a few no. days, pulling back here. Doesn't? The, the, no. the trade's over. Super Bowl's past yep. us. There's no reason to own DKNG. Super uh, Bowl's popping event. Maybe March Madness a little bit. March but... Madness is coming, Joel. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want. Like I don't want to talk. I want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about college basketball because we're are, football are school. Not be good this year. Oh man, oh man, we're eight and nineteen. We lost to Northwestern last night. Yeah. I'm doing everything I can. I don't have. I don't. I don't bet on sports. I'm doing everything I can not to bet against Michigan. And they were at 11, they were 11 and a half point underdogs to Northwestern. Northwestern is, uh, is pretty good. But uh, anyways, uh, simple setup here for DKNG. Uh, you had what, a six buck? Yeah, just about a six buck pull, pull back. Let's say, let's call it five and a half, two and a quarter, 42 and a quarter. Got there in the pre-market. That's getting back half of the move. Yesterday's high, 42.35. See if we can get through that and challenge the $44 area. Uh, let's look at Penn as well. Oh, boy. No, That's don't even new... look at Penn. You want to talk even about look at it. dogs of all dogs. This has got to be the worst run company out there. I mean, to the Barstool Sports, buying at the absolute high, selling it back to Portnoy for basically nothing. I mean, buck. was it a buck? Is that what they yeah, sold it for? A dollar. He they bought just it back done for everything so wrong. This is the worst run company and out there. One of the worst. Yeah. And, you know, we went from 
We had the huge Portnoy run when Dave Portnoy was Davy Day Trader 2020 21. Stock went to $142. It's $16. And people have been trying to call a bottom ever since. And all those people trying to call bottoms continue to get beat up here. Stock continues to fall. I mean, like I, you know, obviously online, you know, gambling, they've got that portion of it. But DKNG's best in breed. And then, you know, they got the traditional casinos. Well, the traditional casinos have done pretty well, too. They've all come back up. So it's like this is like the only one, it seems like, that just is just going straight down. So I've had Penn in the long-term portfolio for a while because I liked, you know, the whole Portnoy aspect. And I finally sold out of it. Um, took the loss. And good thing I did because the stock just continues to go lower. What, what about the S&P adding it? This last move of the last leg higher was when it got added to the... Was added, did they add it to, to the S&P? Yeah. Was it added to the S&P? Yeah. Has it been I, taken out? I, I, I was thinking that, and I, I they have to have taken it out. I, I don't I don't remember for sure. But yeah, this was the that final leg. You can look that up in bookmark it, because I remember that final leg higher uh, was when it got added to the S&P 500 index. Pen, dead money. Moving yeah. on. You know, the, the one thing I'll say about these gambling stocks, this has been one that I, I do sports gamble. Uh, I'm sorry about Michigan, by the way, Joel. I know this is it's a down year for the team here. But in any, that's not, it was a really good year for football. Go blue. Um, the I've actually uh, taken a look at these gambling stocks. I use FanDuel, so I don't actually use DraftKings, but I agree. DraftKings is breast and breed. You know, one of the things that we've seen is there was a lot of talk about the Super Bowl. Hey, DraftKings might be a Super Bowl play. And it was actually a sell the news event. And yeah. I'm kind of concerned that we're going to get that here with March Madness again. Uh, we, we've seen this a number of times. We've tried to trade this around the start of the NFL season. That was a sell the news event. The Super Bowl was a sell the news event. So I'm not ready to just say, hey, you know, uh, March Madness means this thing's a buy. And like you, like you were saying, Penn's a dog. You can get ahead of them, and there is opportunities to get ahead of these events, but you don't want to hold after the events. It's just, you know, the buyer exhaustion comes in, or people aren't excited yeah. about you know going to the event. There's trades to be made. Just getting ahead of the story. Like, think about dumb money Chris Camilo, who we've had on the show lots of times. And I'm a huge Chris fan. Um, he finds the stories that are being talked about on social media, the trends, and tries to get ahead of them. And, I mean, you know, that's what, you know, we try to do, too, is trying to get ahead of, you know, the AI story or trying to get ahead of this, you know. Like, this is just the the way to make money swing trading is just to anticipate demand coming in. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, when you have, like, the lunar thing that just happened, too. You know, like there's there's events, you know, March Madness, you know, a few days ahead of that, probably good to own DraftKings a few days ahead before March Madness starts. And then it gets going, it's probably okay. But, you know, again, Super Bowl, the run up ahead of the Super Bowl. DKNG was running ahead of the Super Bowl. You know, there was other stocks running too. What was it? You know, Sphere Entertainment was running up yeah. ahead. And some of the other casino stocks were running ahead because it was in Las Vegas. You know, and then the Super Bowl happens and then it's just like, oh, it's over. So owning ahead of the event is a great idea. Owning after the event, a not so great idea. That, that makes a lot of sense. I got a stock for you, for you guys. But what about Amazon? Amazon, you know, looking like it's going to take out its recent high here at 175.39. The all-time high is 188 and change. We're we're pretty much right up there. You guys think that we get a breakout here and maybe a move higher in Amazon? Yeah. So long Amazon. Uh, put in my wife's RSP, which is their wife's like um, retirement account at 105. Haven't sold a share. I think it's going all-time highs. I think it's been held down in the last couple of weeks because Bezos is selling so much. Yeah, stock. he's selling a lot. And once yeah. he's done selling, 
you know, that's been holding the stock down. Maybe, you know, then it can break out. But we need Bezos to let off on the sell. Just as much as we had this Buffett buy zone for Oxy, you know, the Amazon sell zone in the last couple of weeks has just been Bezos holding it down. Just imagine dumping that much stock into the open market. It holds the stock down. If that seller's gone, then it can go. So maybe, just maybe Bezos is done. If he's done, then the stock can go higher. I think Amazon is eventually making new all-time highs. Valuation has come down to a reasonable level here. It's been unreasonable for a long time. But, you know, Amazon's the story of NVIDIA, really. Everybody, yeah. what, what we're talking about with today on NVIDIA exactly. is exactly what they were talking about in Amazon 15 years, years ago. ago. They were just talking nonstop. The valuation doesn't make any sense. It's 100 times earnings. This was in, when Amazon, folks, on a split-adjusted basis, was probably 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 But they just kept growing earnings, and they kept growing the revenue. It was really growing the top line at the expense of the bottom line because they were just reinvesting the company and reinvesting the company. It was less and, than, you know, less than that. And, and, and so there's a big lesson to be learned here that when a company is growing as much as they're growing, and NVIDIA is growing as much as it's growing, don't be a hero to be the first one to call it a bubble because the people who were selling Amazon back 10 years ago regret that very much. The people who were shorting Amazon may not even be alive to see it here. So just keep that in mind that, you know, NVIDIA, as much as we're hating on, a lot of people are hating on NVIDIA today because they don't own it. This was Amazon 10 years ago. I'm not saying NVIDIA is going to increase tenfold because the market cap's just simply too high. But I don't think NVIDIA is at the top here yet. And, and real quickly on Amazon, just to give some context on those Bezos sales, you know, going back, I think it was like, I got it here in pro, uh, looks like February 13th, he sold 12, February 15th, he sold another 12. And then February 20th, he sold 14. We're talking 38 million shares over, you know, about the course of a week, he still owns 952 million shares. Like, let, let's put this in context on how much yeah. he owns and how much he's actually selling. And on top of that, these might have been scheduled sales. So to your points well made about him being out of the way, that should allow it to go higher here. But in the grand scheme of things, this is pretty minuscule. You know why yeah. he sold? You know why? I mean, a very good call call back, so. uh, uh, Well, that divorce is over. Because what's coming in April? Gotta pay the tax man. Ah, there you yeah. go. Yep. Oh, good call. Yep. Well, you know what? They'll pay the taxes, and then you know all the people they you know weren't selling in December, and they were shouldn't have sold in January either. But you know, holding on to that money for another year. I mean, that was you know one thing when I was looking at the portfolio. I'm like, why do I you know trimming doing things like well, maybe I'll just wait and maybe sell if I sell in January, then I don't have to pay taxes on it for 16 months. Well, I don't didn't sell anyways, but. Just that's just something. Yeah, he ate a lot of charitable things too. So a lot of things to keep in mind there. But uh, Ryan, but you want to? We see his lifestyle. He's bouncing around. You know, this guy isn't one that's living like Elon Musk in an apartment in the corner of Tesla. You know, this guy spent some money here. You know, he's doing space adventures. Yachts. Yeah, I was going to say, mean... doesn't he cruise around on a yacht a lot? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's gotta be Ryan, he's living the dream life here. You know, just what all we can dream about, you know, when you've got 10 bazillion dollars here. So. So, you know, there's a reason for this selling, and that's to support his old lifestyle. It's, and, it's, and it's an impressive lifestyle. I was just going to say, that's a pretty impressive lifestyle. <laughs> 38 million over the course of a couple of weeks. Joel, <laughs> Joel, looking ahead, what do we have for Monday? Guess what? Guess who we're digging up on Monday? And I'm going to make you guys guess, but I'm going to give you a big hint. It's someone that works at Benzinga. I think it's Ryan Falina. 
Uh, he's I mean, a, he's I, a, he, well, I, mean he's I am coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. so somebody else that works at Benzinga, you got to as a guest coming on. How about is Benzinga? And it's not Jason. Now, no, not not Jason. <laughs> oh, well, he is Benzinga. You just said. And when's well, Raz coming? Raz, when are you coming on this show? We need. He's at a conference. He's at a conference. Been a long time since we had some Raz. We will. We'll get. Raz. We'll get Raz on. Come okay, on. Okay. Now, who is it? Oh come on, Ryan! Come on, Dennis! It's got. Luke? It's got to be Luke. Luke. Man. Yeah. yeah. Hot stock Luke. Luke, baby. Let's well, get Luke. Is pretty solid too. We'll get hot stock Luke on. Here. We will. We will. We will. And uh, maybe I'll even venture downtown on Monday if uh, I feel like getting up a little bit earlier and not going to the gym. But uh, that's it for today, folks. We are trading at all-time highs, uh, 5108. That's a tick above yesterday's high. Bulls gripping the market here once again. NVIDIA up 17 and a half bucks. Those are my final comments here on this Monday. Dennis, uh, anything from you? Uh, big earnings week next week. Lots of cloud names going to report here. So I'd expect, you know, strength into, the, you know, there's the run-up ahead of the events. Work days on Monday. We've got a- AMBA on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, they just come like crazy. Snowflake, Salesforce.com, Okta, Nutanix. We're going to get um, on Thursday. We're going to get Zscaler going to report. I believe CrowdStrike's coming here too. Viva Systems, Autodesk, lots of cloud names. So I'm going to call it Cloud Week. Market going to go up into the clouds? Maybe. Ooh, I like that, Dennis. I like that. Okay, uh, Joel, you have any final thoughts? Or you want me to just roll with mine? Yeah, just roll with yours. Right. I mean, there's no resistance, at least for the S&Ps. Uh, I was going to say, S&P, this one's easy. We got a blue sky breakout here. Let's see if we slow down. One of the things I'm going to be keeping my eyes on is the volume. If that volume really starts to dry up and it starts to feel heavy, maybe play some inverse ETFs for some shorter-term trades. But I'm also going to be watching PanW. We talked about it a number of times today. It's probably my top watch today. I really want to see how that daily candle closes. Dennis, you talked about Cloud Week next week. I'm still watching Amazon. I still want to see if we break and make a run for those all-time highs. So that's what I've got. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. We'll keep the seat warm for AB. Join me coming up next on live trading. Just give me a couple of minutes. Joel and Dennis, I really can't thank you enough for letting me come on. It's been an absolute blast. I'll see you guys on Monday. Take care, everybody.